4. Oh, oh boy. Hello. How have you been? This is the Mental Pacha Podcast, once again. I don't know if you noticed. I certainly noticed that last week, um, I took a week off, kind of. I didn't post any new episodes. Um... Because I was having a very difficult week. Uh, it, it was the week of... It was Halloween week. And I did not have a very good time being with myself. This episode is going to get heavy. Uh, you know how to read the titles by now. This is a solo one. And... Um, I'm not doing an Instagram live this time. It's just me and some vague bullet points I have on hand. And just you. It's just you and me. And none of the people. How awkward is it to, like... <laughs> we all love hearing music and he- listening to songs. But how legitimately awkward is it? To listen to someone sing in front of you. I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you. But it is so... It is mortifying. Imagine somebody singing to you. Looking at you and then singing at you. Yo! I hope that never happens to me. Because I I get close. There were some moments in my past when someone was... Trying a little too hard, too specifically, and ignoring my cues of please don't do this. And then they sing yeah, to my face uh, in person. Oh, that is a special kind of torture. I guess because you don't know how to react, right? It's like when everybody's singing happy birthday, what do you do? You clap the hell? You sing yourself? I, I do that. I, I, when people are singing happy birthday, they never are. They don't do that to me. But if ever that situation comes, I remember I think one time that happened last year and um, I just uh, sang along and uh, yeah, that was the only way to diffuse the awkwardness. But if somebody's trying singing like a, like a love song to you, to your face, there's no, there's no way to react really with any form of pride or dignity. You just have to crawl inside your own face and uh, die a thousand deaths until you are reborn again to silence. Oh boy. Anyway, that's not <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the week that was and the um, the episode that did not happen last week. So you know, uh, I've I've tried to with this new season of the podcast to do one episode of the podcast per week. I missed out on last week. I had to take some time off for myself, and I'm I'm sort of debating whether or not to talk to you about why or how. But because I'm already mentioning it, here we go. In keeping with the tradition of overly confessional stuff, um, I did not have a good time uh, last week uh, uh, being with me. Being uh, by myself, um, I am uh, alone, and I don't mean that to mean like it's a new thing. Of course, I live by myself. Uh, that's not the thing that <laughs> that was difficult. The thing that was that was difficult was because it was Halloween week, and I have been having very great October's. 
for the past past uh, several Octobers, even when other really really bad stuff has been happening. Uh, to me, in that year, October will always be great because Halloween is a time when people get to be silly, and and like out and out, you know, absurd and 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 have fun. Uh, and it feels like because I couldn't really do that in the way that I, I've done that uh, uh, f- frequently. It's or annually at least. It feels way bigger of a of a hit to me. Um, let me perhaps it will help to explain why to me is very important to be silly. Uh, as a guy whose job it is, or who, who I feel like my superpower is to, well, I sell silliness, you know? If we can define silly to mean as absurdities, like the way I find jokes is I look at something, and if it's absurd, absurdity, of course, is something that is out of the norm, and normal is different for everybody, right? Um... But the the particular superpower I have is like the sensitivity to absurdity. So when something is wrong, quote unquote wrong, and not normal, quote unquote normal, um, it, I zone in on that and then I amplify it. And so silliness happens. Silly things are everywhere. If, if you point it out, circle it, underline it, and then exaggerate it. That's an easy way for me to find what is funny. And this is why the comedians you like are the comedians who find funny the same way you find things funny. Not not funny as in, you know, comedy, but funny as in absurd. So if you think his injustice is particularly absurd, if you're one of those Twitter warriors who really like getting angry, and you then you will claim that, you know, your comedians that your favorite your favorite comics would be John Oliver, Hassan Minaj, you know, uh, Bill Maher, whoever that likes to point out the absurdity of injustice and inequality, or you know things towards pro-social, you know social good, er. um, and if you like the absurdity in language, maybe you like puns, maybe you like uh, wordplay, you you will like uh, um, Stephen Wright, Dimitri Martin, uh, uh, those kind of people. With me, I find silliness in a lot of different places, but I like uh, stories, mythologies, and the awkwardness of being a person and talking to, talk and just being alive and like social interactions and sometimes you know in the way we say things. I love words also, and I like so much the idea of 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 looking at silliness and enjoying the idea of pointing out when something is silly. And, and, and saying, hey, look, that's, that is wrong. That is unusual. That is absurd. Let's laugh at it. Make a light of it so that we can all talk about it. And then, and then when we can, uh, if, it is unco- if, it's, if it is an uncomfortable absurdity, then we can now make it light and we can make that something manageable because now we're talking about it instead of hiding the absurdity. One. Another thing that helps is the more you hone your 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 skills in looking for the absurd in things, the more you will insist things to be uh, easily understood, inclusive, well-managed, and fair for everybody. I do really believe this. People who are super smart and super fair, super compassionate, often have the best, broadest senses of humor. That I, I know this, this. 
you 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 have noticed the smart people are always funny, but funny people aren't always smart. <laughs> Because uh, I use smart to mean you know people who are well read, people who think a lot about things, people who are very thoughtful people. Very often they'll find the funny in things because they have this like a uh, keen, a sharp sense of knowing when something isn't how it's supposed to be. Okay, so I'm not praising myself for calling myself smart. I'm just saying it's good to enjoy comedy in a way where you help yourself look at how funny things are. And I like uh, being silly, and I think being silly is so important that I made it, you know, my job. I'm professionally silly, and I I enjoy Halloween because it is such a potently silly time of year, where you're supposed to, you know, wear a dumb costume, make fun of our fears, so we can embrace them and welcome them and and be okay and remind each other that your deepest fears are in your head. Uh, and that suffering is 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 uh, is optional, or rather that, or rather suffering exists, but it doesn't have to be something you hold on to. It's something you can just go blah and then take the mask off and then eat some candy, you know. Um, I'm not gonna uh, entertain the thought that oh hey Halloween is initially all Hallows Eve some sort of pagan ritual. Sh- shut up about that line of argument. It's just the aesthetics of Halloween and how how to celebrate it. I I I have this like brief, super brief. It feels like now it was super brief tradition of performing in character in Halloween. I would dress up, not just me, some other comics do this as well. We would dress up as as uh, whatever uh, uh, character, and then we go on stage and then we tell jokes in that character. I love doing this, and. Not being able to do that, not even really being able to enjoy and celebrate silliness as much as I can, and having a having a an October that is not great, I did not anticipate myself shutting down so terribly, <laughs> because silliness has been such a such a philosophical philosophical compass that I've been following, that it makes it so difficult for me to. Sort of gain a footing in the regular world. I'm 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 not allowed to be silly anymore, even in my own capacity. You know, things are so serious now. Everyone's you know the world is made of daggers. You go out and the air is made of blood. You can't really touch anything. Uh, you know, we all have to be careful. Nobody says goodbye anymore. Everybody says, "Stay safe." <laughs> it's. It's taking a toll. I guess it might be an accumulation of what has happened uh, this whole year, and it's not just me. It's, it's, it's everybody. And I know that some uh, enough people count on me to to uh, to be silly for them. And it was a lot of pressure that I felt. And it's uh yeah it was it was hard. I started not having good sleeps. I started only eating oranges because it was my only the only food that that I can allow myself to eat. Um, it was bad. I can't really talk to my friends, or rather, I don't know any friends who can actually talk to me about this. It's very difficult. Um, I mean, I do have I do talk to people, and they do listen as best as they can. But you know, 
people are going to be people. They all have their own things going. And I can't unload my bullshit onto their heads and have have it be okay to them. <laughs> they got their own thing. So, yeah, that's what happened last week. And it was very... It was uh, it was tough going. I'm glad that I can say it was. Because this is... this is I, I sense that this is going to happen again. This feeling of me shutting down for days straight. Uh, because I've I've had episodes like this uh, before. Uh, thankfully, uh, I have had like buffers. You know, I release episodes that were recorded months in advance, but I didn't have that this time. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 difficult. And I suppose maybe it would help if I share how I got to deal with this. Maybe if you're dealing with some of this stuff, you can you can you can find your way through how i've been doing my shit maybe i don't know so mental pachai is a podcast where i use my brain to break things that's just how i tie into the title and what i talk about um and usually it's just me talking about stuff i find funny but this time i guess it's not really about that it's just (laughs) it's just gonna be an episode where i'm gonna tell you how i guess funny people me can can figure out a way to uh, get out of uh, a depressive funk. There are older episodes that talk about how comics are more prone to being depressed. And um, I don't want to revisit that. You can go to li- listen to, I think, Lord Sin's episode. But if you don't want to do that, I'll just do a, 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 quick, a quick thing is... I know that... Uh, or, or, okay, here, here's a thought experiment that you can do. Uh, to prove that uh, is very is more likely for comedians to have depression, or like to have to or or be prone or more sensitive to uh, hurt feelings. There it is. Maybe not necessarily clinical depression, but feelings of sad. It's um you know how I think normal people normal people have this. They would you would watch a comedy, right, listener? You would watch a comedy, and then another one, and then another one. And then you're like, man, that's a lot of comedy. I'm done with comedy. For today, I'm going to do something else. So comics don't think like that. We always want to look at what the next thing is. We always want to find out what the next funny stuff is. We cannot get enough of it. And that means our baseline is what? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like the baseline is such is such a it's such a valley of 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 negative shit that uh, our baseline is we need a lot of uh, mirth manufactured or otherwise in order to keep our our spirits at a at a happy medium. So yeah, um, silly silliness is important, um, and I, because I couldn't be silly this Halloween, I felt really bad. So how do I get? How do I? How am I managing to get out of this? Um, there are, there might be some of you who 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 are like, you know, who really believe in in going back to the book, as in going back into your religion. And as a toughest boy, I can assure you that doesn't work for me. Because uh, the words are not magic. This is um, this is something that I say, and people who are like Malay Muslims or too religious, they they get up in their panties about this. Because um, 
they would say okay if you have if you feel bad about money read this ayat if you if you if you uh want to uh if you're trying to make good food for your family read this ayat if you want your business to succeed read this ayat bro it's not mantras these aren't magic words it doesn't really work like that you know the hadith says uh pray to god but tie your camel right tie your fucking camel so there's no it is an acknowledgement that you can't just pray and read you really need to have especially if you're dealing with psychological uh, um, obstacles, you really need to have a guiding philosophy or ideology or mental models to help you through things. And as much uh, as a, as a uh, believer or carrier of the faith you want to be, you cannot uh, um, deny that there's nothing in the Quran the Sunnah that shows you how to think. There's, it's very prescriptive. It's a, it's a good, like a very solid list of rules. That's super. That's like it's super progressive for its time. You know the Faraid system and the the equality with women and all the free the slaves punya hadith. Great, great stuff. But none of it actually addresses how one might have to think one's way out of you know mental anguish and anxieties uh thankfully for me i i was reminded that what has consistently helped me is to remember uh the the zen buddhism has really helped me a lot i don't know if i mentioned that i feel like i may have uh, i joked uh, quite frequently uh, since i first read dune from frank herbert um that I, I'm probably not really a full Muslim and not really a full Zen Buddhist, but I'm probably like a Zen Sufi or a, or a Zen, Zen Sunni boy. Because the teachings of Buddhism really help a lot, especially the central premise that life is suffering. It sounds extreme uh, to, to, to start a thesis with that. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Buddha is the first emo guy. Hey man, life is suffering, bro. You're a prince, shut up. Where's my butler? I'm suffering. Siddhartha, fucking eat an apple. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, so, like, so the reason we suffer is because of there is a... Uh, it is a very... It's easy, I guess, to remember this, to write it down, to even say. But it is sort of difficult to remind ourselves that this is true. And that is... The reason we suffer is because we don't know who we are. And what that means is everything we know and everything we are experiencing is the mind-body perception thing. How we are perceiving things through our mind and through our body, right? So when I am feeling like trash, unmotivated, and feeling like garbage, on the outside of it, I I am the same person with the same, you know, same muscles, same body, but my mind is torturing me. And if I am made aware of that, then I can step outside of myself and go, oh, wait a minute. Ye- okay. Yeah. All right. That's happening. So let's manage that and get out of it. But while that's happening, of course, I would forget that that's all I need to do, you know? Who are we exactly? Like, who am I? What am I? We're going to get metaphysical here, kids. Because you can't logic yourself out of certain things. 
if I have trouble with my own mind, I have to get out of my own mind. I have to be a little bit out of my mind in order to save it. Because if I stay inside the mind, inside the mind of mine that is, you know, inside my own mind that is having all these anxieties and depressive thoughts, I can't stay in there and fix things from the inside. You get what I mean? I have to get out of it. So I'm going to be out of my mind a little bit. Welcome some lunacy into your life. Don't worry about it. Okay, so here we go. The mind-body perception uh, is is whatever we feel. We feel that our body looks like this. It sounds like this. We have this voice. We have this body. And then, and then we hurt physically or we hurt mentally. We feel all these emotions and shit. And it feels like that is us. That is ours. That we are taking all these things. But is it though? You know? Things are transient. Everything is transient. Things are changing all the time. And so everything is temporary. And this is the thing that I always need to be reminded of. Like while I was in the middle of last week, I had very little sleep and I had very little to eat. And I was like very, I was just feeling like garbage because the only thing I have in my head was that I hate that how, I hate where I am. I hate where I'm thinking. I hate my prospects in the future. I hate that I don't like uh, 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 how I'm feeling. I hate that I can't see my friends. I hate that some of my friends are broke. A lot of my friends have lost their jobs. Uh, some of my uh, father, cousins, uh, cousins, cousins, and like uh, my friends of friends have passed because of the virus. And uh, it's 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 horrible. And I feel bad. And I do not feel like being funny and being silly because absurdities while they are funny or I can make them funny right now nothing is normal and so what is absurd is going to be harder to look for and at the time I it was very difficult for me to find what is funny what is funny in all of this it's not funny and it's not funny and that's okay because if I sit down and be there and stay there in that mental state i would not have gone out and i would just be there and and just not accomplish anything Um, but if i remember that everything will pass that there are generations of people who went through worse stuff there there have been millions of people who have gone through a much worse stuff than what i'm going through than what everybody else is going through and that I am not me. I am a part of a larger story being told, which is, you know, the story of whether or not humans, uh, not whether or not, the story of what humans are doing in the middle of the pandemic, you know? I can, I can, I can be part of the story where, oh, there's another guy who just gave up on everything, <laughs> which... Which is fine. It is a choice that I can make. Or I can be the guy who just tries to make funny shit. Even as, you know, even as everything is garbage. If I really believe in the the power of finding absurdity and silliness. And that, you know, the philosophy of absurdism, which, which is life is meaningless. Therefore, we have to make our own meaning. If I really believe in that, and I'm looking at the world as not only meaningless, but like seemingly chaotic and vengeful and and malicious, seemingly, then the move is to create 
meaning I need to be making shit. I need to be pushing forward and I need to be making more funny, silly stuff. And uh, it's going to be difficult. It is difficult. This is the hard part. And I have to push through it. And so here it is. This is uh, this is where we are now. Um, reminding myself that that uh, that things are bigger than me, and everything is transient. Uh, everything is in flux, and that I am not my minor body. That I am a temporary uh, existence has helped me a lot. It's helped me uh, start recording this podcast and delivering this to you. And uh, none of this is funny. I know some of you listen to this podcast so that you can laugh, but oh, turns out this wasn't funny at all. <laughs> uh, but it is on the way to being funny, you know? Um, yeah, and that's what you get with me. You're not always going to be laughing. Uh, I, I was uh, looking back at my old Instagram posts, which is a lot of just mostly funny shit. But the early, early ones, when uh, before I was using it uh, to promote myself being funny a lot, I was just using it as a personal social media account back when you just... Did you know, for the younger listeners, did you know that social media used to be just a place for you to post whatever you want? Now it's, you know, now it's all tied to your work somehow. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was looking at old posts on my Instagram and, I'm, and I see the posts, I get a lot of likes. I'm like, wow, this is just... A lot of non-viral likes, you know, not that the the post that got a lot of likes without it being posted on 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 uh, news sites or whatever. Uh, and those posts are not funny; they're like thoughtful ruminations about shit. And I remember I used to post stuff like that on Facebook as well. And I remember having a blog, and my blog was not always funny. I would attempt the structure of a joke, but instead of revealing something uh, funny or some 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 uh, absurdity in in the story, I would just you know tell it as if it's a joke, but land it like, huh? Not necessarily in an insightful or thoughtful way, just. Just using words in a fun, up to me, way. And I would I would get a lot of support f- from people. People would like that and stuff. It sounds like I'm praising myself very clumsily, but I guess I am. So whatever. <laughs> what I mean to say is, uh, I am, I like to write and not necessarily funny stuff. It's just that funny is the most lucrative. Um, I do like being, uh, um, I guess, just finding insight and finding fun ways to talk about something, not necessarily funny. So I was struck by that. I was looking at my old stuff and I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. I'm like, I'm not always funny. I'm kind of, I don't know what it is. How do you explain myself? How would I describe my writings? I just like to write stuff that is kind of funny but not and not necessarily it's not always funny but it's always silly there it is silliness isn't isn't always funny it's just something that is kind of wrong something that makes sense but not in the way you expect yeah there all right is this was this good i don't know 
I don't have another person to bounce this off of. Nobody's listening to say, nobody's listening in real time to tell me if this is good or not. I don't have a joke for any of you. Um, should I apologize? A little bit. Uh, am I going to? No. And I think um, that should be fine. I, w- <laughs> I thank you for listening all this way to this point. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap up very soon. This is going to be a very short episode. Um, I resent a little bit that the expectation people have is so high as far as output goes. You know what I mean? I have friends who are uh, like Nigel Ng, who's famous to, for being mis- uh, Uncle Roger now. But before he got the Uncle Roger character, when we invited him over to the Joke Factory to perform, he was, you know, telling everyone about how, not telling everyone, he was talking to me and other people, you know, not at once, just different people. You know, we hang out and then we talk, yeah. So he was saying that his deal is to just put out a lot of stuff online. He says it doesn't have to be good, it just has to be consistent. And his thing is something every day, every two days. And that level of output is an expectation that is, to me, it is a very high expectation to meet because I cannot always feel like being funny is the most important thing right now, you know, even to myself. Like, I like being being funny. I do like it and I can be funny for a lot of the time, but I do not have the temperament where I think, you know, an output of being funny is always the most important thing. I'd rather be interesting and weird and kind of uncomfortable <laughs> more than I care to be uh, funny all the time. If there is one thing that can that I can be every day, it's to slightly is to slightly make you uncomfortable. That's something I can very I can very I can be relied on to do consistently. Yeah, like um, so one time. <laughs> This is true. I have a RSS uh, feed that I still uh, check up on every once in a while. If you don't know what RSS feeds are, then you are too young. But um, it's a it's a little URL thing you can plug into a, a reader that you that it'll it'll give you updates when a website uh, posts some new thing. Okay, so uh, I have an RSS reader and I follow like these weird tags where where. It's like sci-fi fantasy sort of artwork and and short little essays and stuff. And it's always like artwork that is it's like Dadaist, surrealist sort of weird stuff. Like one of them would be uh, a a, muse- a, dis- uh, a museum that sh- that's showing like a, a machine that can digest food. And that is an art piece, of course. So, like, food goes into the machine, and then it it will it will digest it like a human would, including the digestive juices. And at the end of the machine, actual like shit will expel from it. And it, those kind of stuff, I will. Uh, there was one particular RSS feed I follow, and this kind of stuff is stuff I would read uh, uh, every day. And I have this uncle who who gave me his email and he said, hey, you like funny stuff. If you find anything funny, why don't you just send it to me? Uh, so 
I never sent him any jokes. I just sent him this kind of stuff. He never replied. But every single day, I remember, I kept it up for several, several, almost a year, I kept it up. Like every time I see something weird like that, I would like send it to him with no comment, no subject line or anything. I would just click send the email and then put the address there and then send it. I don't know if he ever read them or he, I don't know if he ever read them or or, or what. He never talked to me about them, but uh, yeah. So I hope this makes you slightly uncomfortable. No, I don't. Um, but I'm sure it did. And uh, that is my fault. But, you know, it's, that's what you're going to get from me. And that's the kind of branding I, I have. <laughs> oh, boy. I, yeah, sorry. To finish the thought about not having a temperament to be funny all the time. Yeah, because I don't... I, uh, silliness is, is not necessarily... Something I I don't think it's still is not it's, it's not something I I feel like I can sustain all the time because if I noticing silliness and communicating silliness I feel like two different things because if I communicate silly all the time then I feel like I might I might lose my grip on how important reality is and it's very easy for me to forget that um, but if I don't be silly. Uh, at least uh, a couple times uh, a week or several times a day without you know expressing it on my socials uh, then uh, I feel like it's a day kind of wasted so what I'm trying to say is I guess this is one of those episodes where it's not funny and if you are expected to tap into a particular emotion every single day uh, so that you can earn your rent <laughs> then maybe you'll relate uh, But if you don't Then I guess you won't And that's okay too Does this episode make sense? Once again uh, No conversation partner to confirm or deny um, Nobody to agree or disagree with And this is I guess that's uh, that's it That's how this is gonna go Once again thank you for listening <laughs> I, I hope you will stick around for future episodes. This season of the podcast is going to wrap up very soon, but I will let you know. We still have a couple of episodes in the pipeline that's still being worked on. Um, once those are all uploaded, this season will be over, and we will start again next year. In the meantime... Whatever you do with your time, make sure it's something you really want to do. And remember, this will pass. Wash your hands, take care of each other, take care of yourself, and reach out to that friend you are worried about, if you're worried about them. Now, say hi to... Whoever is with you. Bye. Bye.